There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Steve Weintraub. And I'm Julie Weintraub. If you're shopping for a diamond engagement ring, come to a jewelry of known and trusted for over 30 years. We have over a thousand diamond solitaires to choose from, along with hundreds of designer mountings and much more fine jewelry in our 7,000 square foot showroom. And this year, you can bring your old golden... Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses your stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Recently, on the podcast and in the newsroom, we focused on this major project Lane had worked on for years, about a little boy fighting a fatal illness. Those of you who have read it probably know that Lane is amazing at those stories with a high degree of difficulty. But another thing that sets Lane apart is that she can turn a terrific daily, and she's always on the lookout for great stories. There was a week recently where Lane was being Lane, and it felt like perfect podcast material. So today's topic, diamonds and handcuffs. So a week before Valentine's Day on 2019, and we're in the newsroom, and Lane is panicking. (laughs) I just really wanted to write a Valentine's Day story. (laughs) I, I I. try to do a holiday at least once a year and uh, she walks the walk people she tells you to go do holiday stories and she loves holiday stories right yeah and I'd had this idea I think I even mentioned this last year and we never got around to it because we were too busy in the project and that was the other thing I'd worked on the project for so long I just want to do something fast and kind of get back in the paper type thing um, and so I, I told Maria I was going to own Valentine's Day, and she's like, "Okay, whatever. You weren't you weren't pushing me. I was kind of like, no, I want to no, own in, Valentine's in Day.' In fact, I believe my words were, "It's a made up holiday anyway, and no one cares." But nonetheless, there she went. <laughs> I was determined. So I had I had this idea. Um, we have a, a diamond and gold, gold and diamond center um, here in Tampa Bay that's been around for thirty something years, and the couple is this really um, interesting couple. They're very like bougie glam couple and they make these funny commercials and they're on TV all I think we had 65 commercials a week or something like that they're on TV all the time so I thought that'd be kind of fun to tell and in the airport they're in the airport oh yeah they're in this is so funny their faces are in the bins that you put your shoes in in the airport like the bottom of the the bin is lined with a photo of them so I think I sent you a picture from the airport and I said ah here's my Valentine's Day story and I thought it would be fun to tell the love story of people who like listen to people's love stories when they're buying their engagement rings and stuff so I was very excited about this idea and I thought it would be easy and then it wasn't easy because they wouldn't call me back, and they were out of town, and days were going by, and it was like, what, three days They had before. a public relations person, too, right? Yeah. They, they're like big deal, kind of. They're not like your rinky-dink little uh, diamond store. They're No, they work the, the, like, do their own PR. They're their own brand, right. pretty much, you know. So Valentine's Day is approaching, and it's getting closer, and Lane is panicking some more because these people are not coming through, and, oh, my God, we must have a Valentine's story. So, so you're thinking about any other ideas coming across your head. I start pitching stories about inmates and jail for Valentine's Day and little kids in kindergarten giving Valentine's. Maria's like, give it up, Lane. Just go do something else. And I was like, no. Um, and I think I was in your office when they finally emailed me back 
and said, if you can come in half an hour, right. you, you know, we'll be. So I raced up there and uh, and met them at the the jewelry store. And John Pendergraf came with me and uh, that we finally landed. Because like interview. Lane, he's also willing to just get up and go. go and what the <laughs> hell? Yeah. OK. So, yeah. So, so then yeah. you sat. It wasn't the perfect circumstance, really, because it was sort of just you didn't really have time to to watch them do much of anything. They right. just or sat go around to their the house table. or yeah. anything. We just sat in a conference room in the back of their store, which totally is not the way I like to do things. But that was on the fly and three days before Valentine's Day. So. I, I, I was going to so, say, like, I was trying to remember the, the process here. So, yeah, you ended up there. I think you ended up on a Monday afternoon racing up there. And then on a Tuesday, um, at some point, we talk about the structure, and we talked about how you were going to structure the thing. Then I was out of town, and you <laughs> write it on a Tuesday, right, mm -hmm. evening. And then I'm editing in the hotel room, and you and I, this is like midnight. We're doing a Valentine's story at midnight <laughs> on a Tuesday before the Thursday that is Valentine's, just to get a Valentine's story in there. Um, and then we posted it on Wednesday, yep. right before, Pretty right quick before Valentine's Day. But... Um, so why, yeah, why, why the obsession with Valentine's Day? I just like holiday stories, and yeah. I was curious about this. And you've couple. done a lot of Valentine's. I've done a lot of Valentine's stories, and so it also is a challenge to like, what can we do differently every year, you know? But I just thought this couple was so iconic. I mean, Neil Brown, who was our editor, who's now at Pointer, had said to me right before he left, "You should write more about celebrities." And I hate writing about celebrities, but I thought, okay, these guys are as close as you have to like a local celebrity. Like everybody knew who they were, but nobody knew what their story was. Why did Neil want you to write about celebrities? What I is that know. about? Clickbait. I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> Lane and I used to work next to the movie critic at the Virginian Pilot years ago, and he was always complaining that we were writing about nobodies. I say, like nobodies. Yeah, he'd say, I, I always write about somebodies, but you all, you write about nobodies. And I was like, yeah, that's who we like. We like the nobodies. Um, so why don't you, yeah, let's read the beginning of this story. We'll put, like I said, we'll put the links on, um, as we always do, we'll put the links of the stories on there, but the the... the this is the top of the love story. And and I again, you had an idea of what you thought would be interesting about these people cuz they were really well known but not, right? Exactly. People didn't really know, you know, and they were they'd been married before. Now they're this sort of this high profile all couple. All their kids work at the store. Their kids are in all the TV commercials. Yeah. Right. And um th I wrote this not exactly on deadline, but well, pretty much on deadline yeah, in yeah. in a couple hours, yeah. And I wanted something to happen, you know. I didn't want it just to be their their love story. So I asked if he had bought her a Valentine's present yet. Like, here's a man who owns a diamond store. Like, he's like, no, I have something picked out, but I haven't gotten it yet. So the idea was sort of be, what was he going to get his wife for Valentine's Day? Like that was the the engine sort of. And your hope had been that he was going to go out shopping or something and you'd be able to go with him. But yeah. as it turned out, we didn't have that kind of luxury. Well, he just shops in his he store. In his store. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really go all out. He just turns around. When you're surrounded by diamonds and gold. All right. So this is the top of the story. Um, in the spacious conference room behind the bridal section, they sit in matching leather chairs, fielding customers' calls, answering employees' questions, overseeing their empire. The showroom at Gold and Diamond Source is bustling this afternoon, a few days before Valentine's Day. It's our second busiest holiday after Christmas, says Steve Weintraub, looking at rows of gleaming glass cases framed by heart-shaped balloons. We sell a few things online, but not much. Most people want to come see the jewelry. Steve and his wife Julie own the 11,000-square-foot business on Almerton Road and have worked together longer than they've been married. He does the buying, she manages marketing. 
Their five children plus a dozen other relatives are employees. You probably recognize them. His silver hair and ice blue eyes, her dark mane and slender neck, always dripping with diamonds. Every week, they glitter on up to 500 TV commercials, reaching more than 100,000 people across Tampa Bay. Every day, their family portrait blankets the bottom of 1,420 bins at Tampa International Airport, smiling at more than 30,000 strangers. Maybe you've run into them in person at a Rays or Lightning game where they've long held season tickets, or met them at one of the ritzy fundraisers sponsored by Julie's charity, handsacrossthebay.org. Thousands of you have bought wedding rings from them. Hundreds have resold them after a divorce. For 14 years, Steve and Julie have listened to other couples' love stories. This is the first time they've shared theirs. So, I mean, you know, there's so many lessons, I think. Um, one, your persistence in, in trying to track this down. But, like, um, and even though it didn't come out perfectly like what you wanted, that wasn't, like, the story that you wanted to tell, I think the fact that you're able to go there and just listen to these people and create a scene out of being in the conference room and, and be able to weave that all in and then have, some, have a question that drives the story which is a really good technique, I think, for everybody who's out there trying to figure out what to do with a story. Yeah, yeah and I, I really wanted to put these numbers in the story. So I, I, I spent some time with the cable company trying to find out how many commercials and how many viewers. And a former Times reporter is now the airport uh, PIO. So I called Emily up and I said, can you tell me how many bins there are and how many people see those bins every day? So I was trying to put that in some context, too, of like how big these people are, you know. So how, how do you manage to write fast? Because you do write fast. I mean, like, relatively speaking, everything's relative here. But, like, you know, okay, so you can do the big honking project. That would take you longer, obviously. And, you know, we, we go through lots of drafts. But you've always been pretty quick when you had a daily. I mean, you, you, I guess you were, you were raised up that way. But Can I quote you on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it helps a lot to talk it through with you. And I think we knew where we were going to start and where we were going to end and what the kind of the nut the nut graph or the turning point was that they listened to other people's love right. stories. We knew and that's what we were going to do with So this I story. knew that, yeah. So then it was just more like, I mean, the lack of scene upset me. And then you were like, well, just describe where they are. And so that, yeah. that helped. To put them in the know, place. Right, which is, give some yeah. sense, of, sense of space, context. Um, but I... I I mean, I think we've talked about this in former podcasts, but I really just have to go into a cave, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I wrote that story in the evening. I'd come home after yeah. reporting something else and fed the dog and took the dog for a walk and did my laundry and, you know, kind of cleared my deck at home and then just wrote in the dark straight through, mm-hmm. you know. I, this story's about a thousand words. I think it probably took me two or three hours to write it. Right, right. Okay, so then now... You're at the store, so this is this is this is very lame. Okay, she's at the store reporting this story when something catches her eye. So yeah, so John and I are in this conference room, and uh, people are coming in and out. We're trying to do the interview, which is also annoying, you know. But the the other workers they're are like just, doing their business. they're just doing their job. <laughs> they didn't like carve out special time for us. Um, and this one woman comes in, and she's very upset and uh, agitated, and she's holding this box, and um, she she unwraps this like a towel from the inside the box, and in the middle of the gold and diamond jewelry store, she has this pair of handcuffs, 
and John kicked me under the table. <laughs> like we both knew we were like, what the hell is going on that someone brings handcuffs to a jewelry store, you know? And uh, Julie you can't put anything past these two. They're they're really sharp. Yeah, no. <laughs> he totally did kick me. We're like, okay, we know we're gonna swivel here. Like, um, and Julie introduced us to this woman um, who basically told us her story. Um, she was having these handcuffs engraved for her son, who was graduating. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the police academy um, the next two days later, that Wednesday, this was on a Monday. So on Wednesday, he was going to graduate from the police academy. Um, and the handcuffs had belonged to her husband, who was a police officer who was killed in the line of duty. So she's passing dead dad's handcuffs off to son who's about to be a cop. And she wanted him engraved with the dad's uh, birthday and death day and a message, a message from his dad. So explain the next 24 hours, because this is like Right, you're in the middle of interviewing for one story, right? And then you kind of latch on to this lady and ask if you can tell her story. And so you're having to finish up with the the couple, and then we have to figure out what to do there. And the graduation was the next day, right? It was Wednesday. Yeah, Yeah, this was Monday afternoon, and it was Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I came back to the office and I told Maria, I got another story. And she's laughing at me like, well, we need Valentine's day. Cause that's three days away. Um, and cause we've now promised a Valentine's story. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. They were counting on us. Um, so Tuesday morning, I spent the morning on the phone with, um, the mom and the son. I didn't get to meet the, the son in person ahead of time, but I spent the morning on the phone kind of getting them in their backstory and looking up clips about the dead cop and what, you know, what had happened in that situation and calling the uh, community college to see if we could come cover this and bring a photographer, like just setting that whole thing up, which is why I didn't start writing the Valentine one until Tuesday night. And then, but I was going to dinner anyway, so she had plenty of time. Yeah. So then uh, Wednesday lunchtime, we went up to the, um, the graduation ceremony and covered that and, um, stayed around and interviewed a whole bunch of people and all. Oh, and then I had tickets to Hamilton that night. So right. <laughs> we ran to Hamilton <laughs> and then I wrote the, uh, the handcuff story Thursday. And I think that ran Sunday. Yeah. But we posted, I think we posted it Friday. So we were, yeah. But again, so this is another thing that I think, um, I'm not sure all reporters trust their instincts and, and would roll with it, but you do that all the time. Like you, and like this one, obviously it felt once you heard the backstory and you knew that this man, the officer in this case, had been he'd been we'd actually written about his case. He'd been shot in the line of duty. So, I mean, it was really it was obviously very emotional. But I think I think sometimes you'll take chances even when you're not when it's not that clear cut. You're just you're just intrigued. Oh, and, yeah. Just and just you're, you'll jump. Put enough effort out to find out if it's worth something, you know, and then bring it back and let you be the arbitrator of whether yeah. it's worth it or yeah. not, you know. But I don't, I don't know that, I, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if people just sort of feel like they can't take risks or they can't take the, the time it's going to take to maybe follow a thread. Um, but it's paid off for you a lot of times in your career. 
Yeah, and there, there was a piece of me going, do I really want to go make myself do this other story in the middle of all this? Because if I don't tell anybody about it, I don't have to do it. <laughs> you know, that did go through my head. And But, but you had a bruise on your leg but, from from John kicking you under the table. Oh, yeah. And, and John was excited about it, which also helped, you know, have a partner in it. But, I, you know, my bar, I've been doing this for 31 years. I've been getting paid to do this. And my bar is like, have I heard that story before? And I'd never heard that story before. And then to have something as... That had like news impact, but it also had emotional impact, you know, and the, the mother was so, I love mother stories too, and the mother was so conflicted about, you know, her son's not going to go put himself out there in the same role that her husband got killed in. And so I, I liked her as the character, you know, and right. her trying to do the right thing as a mom and make a message from dad. And it was, as a story I, I wanted to tell. I, I think with the diamond couple too, it was sort of like you're intrigued because you don't know that story. You feel like you know these people, but you don't know that story. Right. right. That was my own curiosity mostly because I've been watching them for 20 years going, what the heck is going on with these people? How often do you sit on something for like a year or two or three? I mean, like, I, I know the answer to this question, but I'm setting you up so you can tell them the answer to this question. Like, you know, you do that a lot. You have your tickler files of... I do. I have all these files on my desk of things I've started and want to come back to. Some of them are 15 years old, you know, of, of things. I know there's something there. I just haven't had the time to, like, dig it out or ferret it out yet. And um, and you do a lot of time come back. You'll, oh, yeah. yeah. You'll pull it back out. And, and if it's seasonal or timely or whatever, it'll just it'll come up again whenever. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the Valentine one we pitched last year and didn't get to it. So that one in and, and of itself. And sometimes stories age well. I mean, you know, the, the circumstances might actually help. Time might actually help. Um, so you want to read the beginning of the handcuffs, too? Oh, sure. So again, this um, I think the challenge for us on this story was that uh, people here, anyway, were, a little, were fairly familiar with the backstory and his father's death. Uh, and we weren't trying to retell the whole circumstance of that. Um, and in, unlike the Diamond story, you had a chance to watch something. You were going right. to go watch the graduation, so we knew we'd have some kind of scene, and we knew there would be a moment where she would be presenting these handcuffs to him. But of course, um, you don't want to start with that moment; you want to build up to that moment. So, and he didn't know that right. he didn't know he what didn't was know coming. the handcuffs were coming. So, and you know, I I didn't want to have to interview him and her that day at the scene while it was going on. So all right. of that was phoners ahead of time, which is another thing that we always do when with narrative work whenever we when we can is that you would interview, you'd, you'd interview ahead of time, and you'd interview after if you need to, but you don't try to interrupt in the moment. You let right. the moment unfold, because that also gives you the freedom to report the moment. Exactly. You're looking around, you're taking it all in, you're trying to, to go ahead and report the scene. You're not trying to report uh, what, you know, you're not trying to interview these people. And then later on, if you want to know what was going through their minds, you can always go back and ask them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I knew the payoff. I knew the ending of this was going to be when he saw the handcuff message. You know, right. love dad. Yeah. Like, um, okay. So here's the beginning. Two days before her son's graduation, Teresa Condet got a call from the jeweler. The engraving was ready. She'd waited so long to get the gift. Then when she finally had it in her hands, she couldn't look at it. She closed it into the glove box of her car and only took it out when she got to the store. Even there, she didn't take off the brown paper wrapping. She just handed over the package, along with the note spelling out what she wanted etched in the metal. She had struggled so hard for the right words. She kept trying to channel her husband. He always knew what to say. He would have been so proud, she told the jeweler. I just wanted him, somehow, to be able to be there. Teresa didn't want to go to the graduation. She wanted to celebrate her son, of course, but she's terrified of what comes next. 
Andrew had just finished training at the Law Enforcement Academy at Pasco Hernando State College. He's about to become a police officer, just like his dad. So, yes, it's a very sad story. It's a very sweet, sweet picture. It's a sad story, but it's a sweet story, too. And I think it... Um, um, actually, you know, the first, the first one got a lot of clicks to just, uh, not that that's why you do it, but got a lot of clicks, I think, for that very reason, because people weren't sure who this couple was and they wanted to read about it. The second one got a lot of clicks because it was such an emotional story, such an, uh, you know, and, and p everybody has to deal with loss at some point or another in their lives. Well, and I think we cover, you know, obviously we cover every law enforcement shooting, we cover every fallen officer, but we don't really go back often to write about what yeah. happens? What next. happens to those families? What happens to the families? Yeah, I know. And this, and we wouldn't have really, uh, probably, um, except that you serendipity being what it is. Yeah, we wouldn't have known this was happening if she had just popped in the jewelry store that day. Oh. You know, um, I, to me, it's always. Um, I think what one of the lessons, which maybe seems obvious, but the best ideas aren't in the newsroom. And, and I think we don't get out. Yeah, get out. That's what we should have named this. Get out. <laughs> um, and I think I think a lot of a lot of newsrooms, maybe most of the ideas are being drummed up, um, you know, inside those four walls, and that's probably a mistake, you know. Yeah, I think I find most of my good stories when I'm not looking. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking of ideas, but like it's more like, oh, I'm at my kid's baseball game, or I'm at a play with my son, or I'm at some, you know, wine with my friends out at a bar or somewhere, you know, and, and you hear things and hear what people are talking about, and that's where a lot of the good ideas fall in your lap. And, and, and I think going back to that willingness to just chase it. I mean, um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I've known people who I think wouldn't have, have done that, you know, wouldn't, who would just kind of like, oh, that's nice. Or maybe they'd come back and say, oh, maybe we should take a photo, um, you know, at the, at the graduation um, and not necessarily, you know, go after it. And I, and I think sometimes, like I said, you, you'll, you'll go after something you're not even sure there is a payoff, but it seems intriguing. Right. And in both of those stories, you know, the amount of reporting time was probably no more than five or six hours. Right. You know. Right. And yeah. So that was yeah. You had a little run there. She was she was post project trying to get itching for a quick turnaround. I, three in a week, I think. What was the third one that week? There was something else quick. Uh, oh, God. Uh, yeah. What was the third one? And my mind is blanking. I oh, it was Marie Kondo. That's what oh, it was. Oh, yeah, de decluttering your house with Marie Kondo. Which was another one that, like, you were obsessed with getting done. And I was like, maybe it's just not there and it's not worth doing. But you were like, no, I want to do the Marie Kondo story. Well, I'm going to find someone, damn it, who's giving shit away. Yeah, it was one of those things. Everybody was talking about it and we hadn't done anything about it. And I just felt like we have a responsibility sometimes to weigh in on these things and it's, it's just killing social media, you yeah. know? Okay, so the message of this podcast really, <clears throat> to me, was like, I know people aspire to be laying in the in the big picture, you know, and do these these big projects and like, oh, wow. And but I but it, your success, I think, at long form is really comes off these instincts that you have for the quick turn story, too. And the, and the way that you pursue those kind of stories like, you know, um, and the curiosity that you have and the questions that you're always asking yourself and the way that you're always looking around. Absolutely. To not just like be, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm focused here, but oh, what the hell is, else is happening in Squirrel. this place? <laughs> yeah, <it's cool. laughs> yeah, I talked to some uh, Indiana University kids this morning and uh, a lot of them were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to do what you do. And I was like, okay, well, then spend 10 years writing two or three stories a day and learning the, learning the ropes. Right. You know, I, I, if I hadn't done that, I couldn't do what I do now, you yeah. know? Well, and I think I, I'd, 
some of it is to instinct, just just natural curiosity and letting your natural curiosity get, you know, take you there. Absolutely. Asking those questions. Okay. So if you have a question for Lane uh, about any of her stories, and again, we'll link to these, um, or you'd like to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Monica Herndon. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.